Welcome back to the Vibrantly Gray podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Working. Here in the Vibrantly Gray community, we support older women in pursuing their big dreams. I believe that age should never be a barrier to achieving one's goals and living a meaningful life. In today's episode, I hope you will be inspired and empowered to live your life vibrantly. Today I'm speaking with Isabel Dulac. Isabel is 62 years young. She lives in New Brunswick, Canada. She's originally from Quebec. Her career consisted of being a language teacher as well as a counselor to adults and couples. She was involved with sports as she was growing up and has continued to be involved with weight training. And I reached out to her couple of weeks ago because I ran across a clip of her competing in a figure skating competition at the age of 62. And I was just very intrigued by her, without another word to describe it, her gumption and courage to start this figure skating activity uh, in her late 50s. So I want to talk with her today extensively about how she identified her dream and decided to go for it, how people reacted to her pursuing that dream, and how she kept going at it in spite of, as you'll learn, some unfortunate injuries. I think you will enjoy her story. Isabel, if you would like to start out by, you know, just talk a little bit about your big dream. So I guess one of my dreams I uh, was to do a performance in figure skating. I just I just love the sport. Every time I see figure skating on TV or I just get so inspired, I just find it so beautiful. But for me, it really started as I've always skated as a child. So I always loved skating. I always felt free when I was skating. But I was raised with six brothers. So we played hockey in the backyard and things like that. But girls didn't play hockey. Girls didn't do those things in those days. But I just skated for fun. So when I got, I adopted a little girl at the age of 50. So now she's 11. She started to skate and I went with him skating with her. And then she started figure skating. And as I was watching her learn, I said to my husband, oh my gosh, I would love to figure skate. You know, it looks fun. So, so I kind of, there were some adults at the club and they said, well, Isabel, there is an adult program for figure skating and you can join the adult groups. And I said, well, yeah, I've never done it, but it's, yeah, but it doesn't matter. You have, you get your coach. And so I joined the group and I called, I contacted one of the coaches. I said, could you coach me if I joined the group? And she said, yeah, I would be delighted to. So I joined the group. So I was 59 when I decided to start that. And at first, you know, it is a, a bit intimidating when you see all these adults who can skate really well, who've been doing it for years. Right. So in order to get more practice, I said, okay, well, my level is the beginner's level. So can I join the kids? I said that on their practices to get more ice time. To, so, you know, at first I said, what would people think? But then I said, well, you know, I'm going to try. So I joined the, the children on their ice time as well to have more ice time. And I started doing it. And I just fell in love with it. It, it became almost an obsession because I, I would go from, like, I'm always at the rink almost every day. My daughter now is, is a higher level than me, <laughs> a lot higher. So she skates and now I skate. and. Um, yeah, it's uh, about four or five times a week. I would go 
to regular practices. And then I would go during free skate to practice again. <laughs> okay. Well, it sounds like you really made the commitment to put the time into learning how to do it. And, and as you were telling me about joining the kids class, I was thinking what a, a wonderful role model of aging that you provided to them, right? Because, you know, here's this older woman who isn't afraid to be with the kids to say, I need to start at the basics, at the foundation, build a strong foundation, and then have a good time, having a good time doing it. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, you know, some adults made comments, you know, that, and actually it did inspire some adults to start figure skating. So there's a few people who said to me, when I saw you at this, oh, we can go even if I say, well, yeah. So, you know, it is kind of a, a way to fire people, I guess, to try it, but you have to be comfortable. But to me, it's just, I've always felt comfortable in those kinds of situations. So I'm lucky. Yeah. You do things a little differently, eh? Well, I, I guess I, that comes with age. When I was yes. younger, I probably wouldn't have done that. Now, I don't really pay attention to what people think. If I know it's right for me, it's right for me. Mm-hmm. And nobody can judge anyone. So I always say, if it feels right, it's the right decision. That's great. So you had mentioned that some people were sort of making comments. Can you remember what they were saying to you? Even my family, you know, well, don't you think, you know, it's dangerous? You know? Okay. Then you could get hurt. My daughter was kind of scared for me, mom. You could get hurt. And I did get hurt a few times. But besides that, there was other people, other people who would say, Well, that's wonderful. So I guess, you know, you get both comments. People worried about your safety and people encouraging you to to go for it, kind of thing. Well, you know, ice is hard when you fall. <laughs> so I <laughs> I had quite a few injuries. The first year I just hurt my knee. So that took about three weeks off. But the second year I was helping. I was also a volunteer in the can skate program that we have for little kids. So I was helping the coaches during the trainings, during the sessions for the kids, you know, that are just starting two, three years old, five, four years old. And the coach asked me to lead a group. So I was leading the group, but I turned back to see if they were following me. And I tripped over my topic and I fell forward and I dislocated mm. my shoulder and I broke a, a bone in my arm. So I was off you know, for three months and a half. Oh and so I had to start all over. Then I got new skates and the blade wasn't aligned properly. So then I got scared. So this past year was really getting back to gain my confidence. And I, I, I kept saying, I have to go every day to get my confidence back. If I stop, I'm going to be too scared. So yeah. I kept going and it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting. And, and I think there's a life metaphor there. You know, you fall down, you get back up you keep going, right? Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about you yesterday as I was out, I was doing my my work and doing the chores at my farm and my knees hurt, my feet hurt. <laughs> and I was thinking about you as like, how on earth did she deal with some of the aches and pains that just kind of naturally come with aging while you are pursuing figure skating? I guess, before I, I started figure skating, I'm lucky in a way that I've never had yet major aches and pains. Uh, okay. Except, except with my figure skating. <laughs> like, I mean, the accidents that happened to me. I've always, yes. I'm, I've always been extremely active and somehow I'm just born with a strong body somehow. Like I, nothing yet crossed my fingers. But, but also, if I feel any aches or pains, I have learned to listen to my body and say, okay, mm. if, so to stop before it gets too bad kind of thing. 
and even with weight training, because I did weight training all my life. And and so to keep active, and I guess, yeah, I'm a bit lucky that way. I have never had anything major in terms of before all my injuries. So now those injuries have been good for me in a way, because they've taught me that it's okay <laughs> to slow down and it's okay to just, you know, take the rest and then go back at it. And now I'm, you know, I'm learning to be yeah, I'm more on the safe side than I was before. I guess I won't take as many risks, but yeah. I, you know, yeah, because I want to keep my body healthy. So, right. Right. I went through a little phase where I seemed to be like tripping and falling, you know, just like out of the blue. And, and I was thinking, huh, you know, first you panic because it's like, what, you know, what's wrong. And then I, I really started thinking, and I'm a person like you, I'm very active, have been my entire life. I'm, I'm in like fast motion all the time. <laughs> and what I realized is that my body was reacting differently as I was moving through the world physically. And that what I really needed to do was start picking my feet up more. Okay. You know, it, it's just like, okay, you, you're not going to slow down. You know that about yourself. So what you have to do is be more mindful about what you're doing with your feet. That's right. <laughs> and I, I'm working on, 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 like you, I, I lift weights and uh, probably not as extensive as you do. They're like little hand dumbbells. And I also own a candle company. So I'm always lifting, you know, uh, things. And so I'm really working on keeping my legs really strong. And I'm assuming that you are doing the same thing as you are figure skating. Well, it's every part of the body. So I try to keep every part of the body strong. The core is very important to in figure skating, like, because, yeah. you know, lots of and balance. And so that's really flexibility balance. So you need different types of exercises to keep you need flexibility, you need strength, and you need balance. So Okay. Okay. Well, and I think that's key. So I, I need to keep working on it. Do you take yoga or anything to help you out off the ice? What do you do to? Uh, yeah, off the ice. Now, I, don't, I don't do yoga. I tried a few times, but I never felt the type of yoga I liked yet. And yeah. Off the ice, I do a lot of walking. Uh, I used to golf. Now I haven't had as much time because of my youngest daughter, but I used to golf a lot. Uh, but walking, going to the gym, just, yeah, like these are the two main things I would do off the ice. Stretching on a regular, I always stretch too before I go, before I do anything. So stretching is a big thing. All right. So, well, you obviously have grown in your confidence on the ice because didn't you just do a, a competition? Yes, I did my first competition ever last February. And it was something I've always wanted to do. So I told my coach last year, I wanted, I would like a program, but we had started working on it. Then I got injured. So this year we started again. And, uh, and I, I put my name in and I did it. <laughs> so, I mean, and I was, there was nobody in my category in the sense that it goes by levels. So at my yes. level, I'm a beginner level. So there was nobody. I could have registered in the other level, but I said, if, if there was nobody, you could just do an exhibition. So I did an exhibition, but I still performed to get my, so they still assess you. They still give you a mark, but you, just don't, you just don't have a chance for medals. Next year, I'll try to maybe move up to the next level and take a chance for medals. But this year I said, I don't care about the medals. I just want to do my performance and feel the joy of being out there on the ice and doing what I love. And yeah. Yeah. And what, what was the crowd's reaction when you took the, what describe that moment to me when you were 
going out on the ice. It was unbelievable that we, our club, like, you know, we had quite a few skaters from our club. So the cheerleading section was unbelievable. Like people were encouraging me. They were clapping. They were talking. I just felt like I was, uh, you know, like I felt good out there. I wasn't, and it's funny before I wasn't feeling too nervous. And on the ice, once I got there, I, I took a deep breath. I said, okay, I went and the the crowd's reaction was just so positive. And at the end, you know, people like, that was great. And to me, it was basic, but it was great. You know, and I look back and I look at the video. I say, yeah, actually, it was okay. It, it was good. So, <laughs> because, you know, for, for a first time, you know, for a first time, it was okay. And yes, uh, and, did the, and did the judges have useful feedback for you? Yeah, the, well, they just give you marks, but it really helps because okay. you know what you know what jumps you need to work on, you know. So and but the the strongest part was my I, I had you know in terms of the technical skills, there's still lots of things to improve. But in terms of my performance, that was really that was really good. So, yeah. So, so are you are you inspired to do another competition in the future? Oh yeah, definitely. I'm going to do like, this was just the one with the elements and the jumps that I want to do an artistic one as well. So next year we have about the chance for two competitions a year in my area. So next year I'm going to do them for sure. Okay. Yeah. that That's great. So have you had other adults come up and express that they have been inspired by your courage to do this and they want, they're thinking about doing it themselves? Well, I have, I mean, the adults that have come to me right now are people who were doing it when they were younger and yeah. they, and now they saw me they said I saw you out there and I thought oh my I should start again and uh, you know I'm a bit scared because I I felt when I'm but you know when I see you yeah maybe I'm gonna do it next year but people who had never done it no they're too scared they say to me we don't know how you do this <laughs> so, yeah. so but there's a lady that I met at another club over the summer she's 87 right now she started at the same age as me at 59 and now she's 87 and she, this was just her last year because she broke her hip. But, but she's always been a role model. Like when I, I watched her, I said, wow, she started at the same age and she skated until 87. Until 87. Yes, that, that's great. In fact, I, that was going to be my next question to you is, are there a number of women who are above 50 who are skating uh, in competitions? Not too many. I mean, there are some. Like in my club, there's only two of us over 50. Uh, but in other clubs, like when you go to the national level, like, uh, yeah, I know a lady who went to a competition last year and it goes by age. And uh, and there were quite, a, you know, quite a few people over 50 who were doing it. M many, okay. But many of them, however, started when they were younger. You yeah. Know, you know? So that's the difference. So for right. people like me who started at 59, that's very unusual. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you know, bravo for you. Uh, your story reminds me of a, a quote that um, I, I was just reading last night that says, uh, when you do what you love, you inspire the hearts of others. And, you know, and I think that that is definitely what you are doing, you know, um, as you are pursuing your dream uh, that that you are kind of opening up possibility. It might not be figure skating. Right. But for other people, but they're thinking, you know, if if she can do this, then I think I can, too. So that's that that's lovely. Um, and I know you said that your daughter is a bit worried about your safety. What has been other reactions that she's shared with you about you doing this? 
12, she will watch me and she was and she will tell me that was really good, mom. Or, you know, no, you need to do it this way. <laughs> so, okay. So no, she's proud of me. I think she yeah. is. Uh, you know, and, and she's a miracle to me anyway, because I adopted her at the age of 50. It's, it's a long story. I, I was a foster parent for 12 years. And I had the boy that I took in foster care. He was very violent. He, he had a lot of mental health issues, but we chose to adopt him. But at some point, it wasn't, we were not safe. So he was removed from my house for a while. And I remember writing in my journal, the only reason why I see that he's removed is to bring me my baby girl, because they would not place another child because of his violence. Well, without the time he was gone, they called us for another child. My husband said, no, no more boys. He said, I'm done with boys. I said, I have a good feeling, honey. I can't, I have a good feeling about that child. He came to us, that boy came to us to live with us for just for a short period. While he was with us, his mom got pregnant. And he said, Isabel, you want a baby? I said, yeah, well, he said, my mom is pregnant. She's giving the baby away and your name has come up. I said, you're not serious? He said, yeah. So the next day his mom comes to me and she says, you know, I'm pregnant. I said, yeah, I do. Well, she says, I told social development, I cannot keep that child. And she said, I've seen what you've done for my son, and I couldn't think of anybody better to raise my child. So would you adopt my baby when, she, when the oh baby? Oh, my goodness. And I said, yes. I said, definitely. I said, I've always wanted a baby. And people were telling me to give up. You know, Isabel, you're 50 years old. Forget about the baby. I said, I want a baby. And uh, because I got married later. And, and so I, uh, she told me that in June. And the whole summer, I never heard from her. She said, I'll call you, but she never did. Anyway, in September, the phone rings, September 29, 2011. And she said, I'm at the hospital. Tells me, I, I go to the hospital. I knock on the door and she says to the nurse, that's the mom walking in. And I walked in. The baby was delivered at 11 o'clock. Anyway, the, the, the doctor gave her to me. Congratulations. And to make things even more spe special, that child, her last name was the same as my husband. She never had to change her last name. Oh, like, my goodness. That miracle. was a miracle then. It's a yeah. Miracle. It's a miracle. Yeah. And and how old is she, how old is she now? She's 11. 11. Okay. But her older brother is no longer living with you. No, he's okay. not. No. Okay. Not. Okay. Well, that's see, that's another inspirational story that you became a mother at the age of 50. That's right. I mean, you know, yeah. for, like my son, I adopted him when he was 12, so he's now 26. So anyway, but it was difficult, but he, he had to leave for her to come in my life. Otherwise, if he hadn't been removed right. from our home, I would never have had the baby. Yes. So, and 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 how is um, your older son, how is he doing these days? He's still struggling. He's, he's yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's because of his first years of his life, the first seven years of his life, he was severely abused and neglected. So he has a lot of difficulties with coping with, you know, with, emotions and yes 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 difficulties for sure but yes at the time yeah. always there for him but life is a struggle for him yes yes yeah. I, I I totally understand that well that's a wonderful wonderful story you know having young children around you I think keeps you younger in your mindset as well Definitely. maybe a little maybe a little more tired but younger in your young in your mindset it's one of the challenges that when she was born at 50, I was the same as 40. Like my 50s was easy raising her. But now I said, oof, I'm getting more like my patience is not as good, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
but but she's a she's a joy and and i mean it's it will keep us young you know i always tease i say you're gonna have to take care of us you know when you're older (laughs) yeah well uh, well it sounds as though she's active too she's got figure skating and school and very active uh, Well, as we were chatting earlier, I wanted to switch topics just a little bit. You were saying that you had been a teacher, you had been, you are working as a counselor, and that you are now working on writing a book. So I wanted to to hear hear you talk about what brought that to fruition, as well as, you know, what the book is going to be all about. Well, I guess it's really interesting. Uh, in my life as a teacher or as a counselor, the comment that always comes back from clients and from even when I was teaching university and children, people always say, you inspire me. And my goal was, so I always felt that my my purpose in life was to inspire and uh, empower people. And so I started my, it's funny because when I started my private practice years ago, I called it uh, soul, soul print counseling services, but I called it, that's it, and inspire to empower and empowering and inspiring and empowering. Mm-hmm. So as a counselor, so the more I started doing my counseling, every client would say, oh my gosh, Isabel, you have to write a book. You have to write that. You have to write that. This, this is unbelievable what you're telling me. You know, people need to know about that. And so every, and, and the clients themselves in, inspire me so much to their life stories and and how we work together. And at the end, how much they, they always tell me, you're, you've been so instrumental in helping me in my journey and in, in making the changes that I need to make. But but I never, you never told me what to do. You helped me find it myself. Like that's my purpose is to help people what is what they need to do for themselves. And so how to live the life that they want. For that reason, and I guess I've always, when I went through difficult times in my life many years ago, I did a lot of soul searching and I read a lot of books. And one of my favorite authors that you probably know was Wayne Dyer. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Wayne Dyer has been my greatest inspiration. And every time I read his books, I always felt, I always felt this. It's like, it's like, it's like I'm reading what I, it's like, it reflects exactly what I feel, what I think. It just like, it, it inspired me. And I said, my goal is to inspire people in that way. And, and I, and my, one of my dreams was to meet him and I did meet him twice. And Oh, that's great. Another dream. It's a miracle that too. Anyway, and and so now my purpose now, now that I feel it's time for me to to go to the next phase, like I can still inspire people, but through writing. And mm-hmm. and uh so I'm writing on a book right now. I've got my title, but it's I'm working on it. It's called Pathways to a Blissful Life. So basically it's it's to help people live the life that they want to live, like have them use some principles like that lead us to live the life of our dreams. What I believe I have a lot of, uh, I believe in the law of attraction, uh, the power of gratitude, how, how we talk, how, how the way we think affects everything, our emotions with the things that we can control in our lives and to be able to let go of things we cannot control and all these kinds of principles that lead people to become able to live the life that, that, that they want to live and that they are meant to live, you know, like we all have a purpose. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's to help people find, find their purpose, find their passion and live. It's to inspire them to live the life. And this is just the first book, but in, in general, like I believe in books that can help you reflect. It's all things that we know, 
every time I read a book, I say, oh, I know that. Right. But when we read it, it inspires us to to apply it. It it helps us to reflect on it and move forward. You know. Yes. Yes. And, and so that's that's exactly what I what I hope to do with with the people who will read my books, and to have the same level of inspiration that that I had when I was reading my own the books I read myself, and and to empower them to to do what they love, to be happy, to believe in themselves, because. In the end, we are the, you know, things happen around us. We cannot change that, but we can, but we can change the way how we perceive it and we can change how we react to it. Yes. I've been, I've been just starting to study. Are you familiar with stoic philosophy? No, not really. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you can find Ryan Holiday is okay. the person that you, you might be interested in that. And I, I ran across some of his videos on YouTube and I thought, well, this is kind of interesting, but it it ta it talks about several of the the themes that you just talked about. For example, it's you know we can't control what is going on around us, but we can control our reaction, right? So you might uh, I'll I'll send you a few links and I'll post some links in the show notes about it. And like I said, I just started dabbling in it, and I'm thinking, okay, I think this is something that I want to explore a little bit more because I think like you just said, it's important for us to keep that, you know, we need to be reminded of certain themes in our lives, like mm -hmm. gratitude, like, yeah. yes, I have control. Yes. It's possible to live an inspired life. Mm -hmm. um, and so I look at all of these and, and I'll add you to my list now of teachers that I found that can, can give me these messages. And I, I love it that you are working on your first one and you're already talking about books instead of just book. <laughs> I'm that type of a person. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, I think, you know, for me, this is this is funny. Like, first of all, I love life and I've always loved getting older because I, I always feel that the older we get, the more we know ourselves and mm -hmm. the more that we want. But I have to admit that I had the, my grandmother who has now passed away. She was 47 when she started a multimillionaire enterprise. Again, uh, the, the, I don't know if like late, the, the chips, late chips, you remember, you do, you must know that the chips, Frito-Lays. Yes. Yes. Well, well, this company belonged to my grandmother. It was called Dulac Potato Chips in the past. Oh my goodness. Okay. He sold it in 97. So she was a lady after the war. She had lost her husband. She had lost a son. She was left alone with three other children to raise, and she started to make chips by hand. People were laughing at her like, you'll never make it. And she, she, she built up that enterprise, that, that, that industry. And in 1970, she sold it to Frito-Lay. But she always, you know, she, she, so she did inspire me when I grew up, I guess, because people would say, nobody can do that. Uh, you know, and so, but she always was strong. And I always felt... And when she passed away, my my dad said we all said that you inherited her quality in the sense that I have a I have a love for life and a passion, and I I only do things if it's with passion. When it, when I'm not passionate about it anymore, it's time to move on. So mm -hmm. you know, like teaching, I love teaching when I did it, but at the end, it was okay. But it, I said no, it was time to move on to counseling. And now, so it's like to me to live a meaningful life is to is to do things things that make that make you feel alive, things that 
you feel passionate about. And it, and many people will say, well, I don't know my passions. <laughs> so we have to find them, I guess. But yes. be, because if you live truly to who you are, your authentic self, you're going to be at peace. You're going to be happy. Mm-hmm. But try to be someone just to please others or just because it's the messages you receive. There's always an emptiness inside. So it's it's to really go for what makes you feel alive and what you what you want. And and yes, there's always risks, but if you don't take the risk, you'll never know. That's right. That's right. You have to you have to get out of your comfort zone just a little bit, you know, and and take those risks. Uh but uh yeah, that was that was really well said. So in your books, are you teaching through people's stories? Or your own story, or what? What? What's your technique that you're using? The, the first book, uh, there will be a lot of my own stories in it. There's mm-hmm. also be my. I start every chapter with a quote, uh, an affirmation, because I really believe in positive affirmation. So, and then based on that, what if the chapter is on gratitude? If the chapter is on affirmation, whatever, then I put all kinds of yes yeah, stories from clients as well, things that are related that kind of strengthen the concept to show people how it is manifested in daily life like how to see it i guess because like yeah how it comes how it takes shape in in your daily life i guess and how how Mm -hmm. to implement it and to make people kind of feel comfortable with it like seeing yeah it happened to this person it happened giving examples of people of situations that kind of explain the concept better yeah okay So there's lots of ways that you're humanizing it so that people can kind of hook and see themselves in in the story. That's right. People can relate and and feel inspired and empowered by it. Kind of, you know, to to see it can happen to me too. I mean, and to see it in their own lives. Because my my grandmother always told me that too. Isabel, look at the signs. Look at the signs. And there's always signs around us. Sometimes we don't see them of the next step. Mm -hmm. We pay attention. Mm -hmm. Why did some this happen today? The synchronicity. Pay attention to synchronicity. That you know, there's a reason why this happened. And sometimes we don't know what it is yet, but but it's to pay attention to what comes our way because it's there to to either lead us in a different direction or to teach us something. But there's always a there's always a purpose. Yes, and I believe your your grandmother probably felt that intuition was something to be paid attention to. As well as you as you're making decisions, yeah, she's never really said it, but probably because, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, and it's too bad I was so young. I mean, well, I wasn't that young, but she was. I mean, she she would be right now. She was born in 1900. Yeah, so she, you know, okay, so, uh, but uh, so she was older, but at the same time, her example of life is something to, in spite of all the challenges she went through. She always smiled. She always stand, stood strong. She always, like, she always, she had an inner strength. And that was really, that kept her going. You know, nothing stopped. Mm-hmm. So she, when she had the, you know, and yet she was helpful to people. She was very human, very good with people. She was a businesswoman, but very, uh, she has a, she had a quality that people felt heard by. They, they felt that they were important. You know, they, they so although they were working for her, they felt they were not at the same level in terms of money and everything, but they were so, they felt as important because she made them feel that no matter what, and my dad too, my dad passed away, but he always told me that you can be a shoemaker or a doctor, you are as important in life. So that, yes, that value. Let, kind of 
it, it sounds like you grew up around, uh, you know, family members who were really great role positive people and role models for you uh, in, in, in how you wanted to uh, create your life. Yes, definitely. And the, the, the qualities that they had, that, like my dad, the perseverance, again, my dad went through a lot of challenges, but the perseverance and yeah, it was just a, those qualities, you only learn them through watching them, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I've always been, <laughs> there's not many things that if I really truly believe I will persevere at the same time, sometimes we have to see the signs when it's time to, to stop or to go a different route. But at the same time, I don't know, the belief in yourself as well, that, you know, it's, and yeah. And, and I don't see any, to me, there's no failure. To me, you get a result. You try mm. something. Okay, I got a result, but it's not a failure. I didn't get the result. Oh, I like that. But it's just a result. Yes, yeah. 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 So you don't have to put the emotional charge uh, to the that that comes along with the use of the word failure when when you when you talk about it in terms of you got a result, right? It's a more neutral kind of term. That's right, and people are scared of failure. Like many of my clients will say, well. You know, I. But if you don't see it as a failure, if you see it as an experience, it's not the same. I'm experiencing this. Mm-hmm. I'm getting that result, and if I don't like it, I can change some things to get a different result. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and it's so to me. So when you perceive life like that, you don't get, you don't feel the same, and because it's it's our thoughts that create our emotions, and our emotions create our behaviors. So we have to be more. And full of our thoughts and our beliefs and how much they affect what we do in life and how we how we pursue life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask you a few uh, general questions about aging. When you were younger, how did you envision your life when you were older than fifty? We'll say. To be honest with you, I never really thought of it that much, except in my mind. I would never get old. <laughs> so, so, <it's> like, <laughs> so funny because I remember years ago going to a psychic, which I don't do anymore. But anyway, she had told me, in your 80s, you'll be very pep. You'll be the same way. And I said, yeah, that's what I believe about myself. I don't believe I'm going to change that much. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know why, but I've never been scared of aging. And people will say, you like aging? You like, I said, I don't care about wrinkles. I don't care about that. I it's just, it's just an envelope. My body is just an envelope. I'm the same person. So yes, there's a bit more aches. And that's it. When I wake up, how come I'm hurting there? I didn't do anything. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But, but to me, that's, that's it. It's just life. It's just like, it's a cycle of life. And so, and I don't know where that comes from, that, that I'm not scared of aging. I really don't know. But yeah, uh, that's, a, that's surprising because we live in a culture who, that's scared of aging. Yes, and but you know? I ask people, the more we talk about it, I say to people, the best thing to do, if you say, oh, I hate turning 60 or 70, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to have problems, you're going to have them. Like you have to, because mm-hmm. if we, what we think about, we attract in some ways, not all, I mean, there's, there's health issues we can't avoid, but at the same time, if I focus on that, then I feel scared of aging. But if I focus mm-hmm. on the things I still can do, then I, I'm not as scared. So it's what right. we it's what we choose to focus on, you know. Yes. We, we cannot change the fact. Like I never used to wear glasses. Now I wear glasses, and that's a big, not a big deal. I mean, and it's, but it's like my vision is not as good. But 
that's okay. But if I focus on that, like I have a brother, like he said, he said, but I can't, I don't want glasses. So he went for a surgery. I said, so he focuses on that so much that he's, he hates it. But if you focus on all the, I'm still lucky, I can wear glasses to see, so there's no problem. <laughs> so, so it's just an example, but it's just that it's what we choose to focus on. Yes, and, ab- absolutely. And the more we talk about what hurts, the more we feel it. If I have a mm-hmm. headache, I have a headache. And so, you know, and my mom is a great inspiration because my mom has rheumatoid arthritis. And when she was diagnosed many years ago, when my brother was killed suddenly, anyway, she, she developed it right away. Three days later, she had major pain and the doctor said it was caused by a trauma and my dad would say poor poor you and it's not fair and we have to find a way to cure you and she would say would you please stop I'm okay and and she learned she learned she's taking treatments and but she learned to deal with her disease and she's fine but it's the way that she chose to instead of saying poor me I won't be able to do this now now with with this with the, well with medical medicine. I mean, now with, she has treatments and she's okay. She's, you know, so it's again, but she could have complained every day, but she didn't. And, and she didn't feel her pain as much because she didn't talk about it. Yes. Well, I am so happy that you are writing a book because you have such interesting life stories. You're, the people you've mentioned have interesting reactions to adverse things that might be happening in their life. So that's that you, you definitely need to write that book. And when it's out, I want you to come back and talk about it in, in more depth. So we talked, you, you mentioned how important it is to not focus on just the negative and to embrace aging in a more positive sort of way. I think a related question is what do you wish that women over 50 talked about at all or in more depth? What is it about women's lives after 50 that you think really deserves uh, more conversation? I guess, well, I think women over 50 already talk about the need to take care of the self, the need to focus on yourself and to, to, to treat yourself with love and also to say it's never too old. There's no age to do what you love and to do what feels right to you. Um, mm-hmm. And to not focus, that's it. I would not say what they need to do, but more what they don't need to do. Okay. To avoid talking about all the things that society tells us or, or the beliefs that we've grown up with, that when you're older, this happens, this happens. Because it's not necessarily true. It's different for everyone. Uh, and everyone can have a different experience of aging. So there's things we cannot control. Like if, you know, I have I have a best friend who had cancer, but she but she's fine now. But it's like, so she, but instead of resisting it, she said, okay, it's about acceptance. Accepting this is where I am right now. And it's okay. Nothing is Nothing is permanent in life. Everything is temporary, even if it's a different kind of temporary. But and it's it's to say, I really believe that is is we if we learn to accept and embrace aging, we're gonna be okay. Like, and it's all about acceptance. And this is for anything in life. Anything we resist persists, and anything we resist causes us emotional pain. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and it's, it's it's not easy to do. Sometimes you know we have reasons like where we but. But learning to to say this is where I am in my life, and 
what is this stage of my life can bring me so many more things that I never had before. And as we get older, one of the things is freedom. There's more freedom because you don't have as many responsibilities, usually. Mm -hmm. There's a few exceptions, but, you know, so, but it's to focus on that. Again, it's what we choose to focus on, Mm -hmm. you know. I don't know if I answered your question, but. (laughs) Oh, no, no, you did. You, You did. I think that there's the idea that older women become invisible and that I resist. <laughs> Which is why why I started this podcast because I just I want yeah. ordinary, you know, or we hear from celebrities who are older about how they're embracing aging and letting their hair go gray and and that's all fine. Their life experience is different from mm. the rest of us. And so I just, you know, I, I want to collect stories of extraordinary ordinary women uh-huh. such as yourself. You know, so so that we don't fall into the trap of believing that we are invisible. That's right. And and we have to, I guess, if yeah, this is just, but I guess we have to make ourselves visible. I guess when you say that, it makes me think, well, make yourself visible and you won't be invisible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right. You know, and it's to not be scared to be yourself, not be scared to show yourself. That's it. The way you are doing what you want. We have, I mean, where I live anyway, in New Brunswick, it's a very aging population. So there's quite a few people who are over 50, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you know, we there's nothing to be, uh, to hide there. Like it's, uh, we don't have to be invisible. We can, and nowadays people live older. Nowadays, there's so much that people can do. People retire, you know, and then they can, they can pursue other things that they never had time to pursue when they were younger. It doesn't need mm-hmm. to, you know, it's just. So that that's where the little piece of freedom, but but I like what you're doing because I think it's very important. To, to oh well, well, thank you. I I actually feel like I don't know as I was you know as we we're sitting here talking together, I realized how fortunate I am that I get to talk to all of these really fabulous women. I mean, I'm I think I'm the one who's benefiting the most from you know uh, uh, well. Um, Part of it, I believe, is because it lets me and hopefully our listeners know that there are women out there who are doing aging differently than Mm -hmm. what we've been taught to do. You know, it's like, oh, I'm not alone in the wilderness here. You know, there's this woman and that woman and that woman who are doing uh, lovely things and and leading meaningful lives. So I am incredibly grateful for the people who are uh, willing to come on and have this conversation. As you're talking, it makes me think one important thing for us when we get over 50 or over 60, it doesn't matter what age, is to connect with people of our age. I guess it's to connect because then the more together we are, the more empowered we feel. Uh, mm-hmm. And recently, one of my friends from high school, we were living in a border school and six of us, we met together after 45 years. <gasps> and one of them organized it at our house and it was just magical. And we talked about our life stories and all that stuff. And, but the connection is so empowering. Mm-hmm. So the more you connect with people of your age or older, it just, you know, it's really, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's wonderful that you were able to uh, come back together and feel that instant connection. Are you planning uh, future reunions? Actually, yes. So that's what they said as we left. They said, so next year is going to be at the other person's where she lives in a different city. She lives in the States. And so we're going to we're going to try to organize something yearly uh, to. uh, But it was amazing. It's like we never left high school. Yeah, it, it was like. We felt at home right away. We just thought, but we 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 caught we were catching up on each other's lives. Like it, we hadn't, you know. So it was just amazing. So, yeah, yeah, that's that that's wonderful. Well, I could talk to you for a long time, but I know that you are a, a busy person, and I don't want to take up too much of your time. But I always end my interviews with one question, and. I think it's because I, you know, I do have a candle company. I'm a candle maker. So I live in the world of scents. And so I wanted to ask you if you could describe your life currently by a scent, what would that scent be? Oh, this is tough. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it describes my life, but I like the scent of lilac. Because it's fresh, to me, it, it, it represents youth. I don't know why, but it's fresh, it's pure, it's not too strong, not too, it's, uh, and it's right in the nature, because I love nature. So when I mm-hmm. walk flowers, I mean, my favorite flower is a daisy, but there's no scent to a daisy. <laughs> right, right, so, right. That's why I'm going to, I like, yeah, I mean, and I mean, of course, it's all the other scents that, lavender and all that are kind of peaceful so maybe the lavender which we present because i really believe in the power of of being quiet in your mind and meditation being at peace with yourself so any kind of sense that makes few people feel peaceful but i've never paid too much attention to too many scents. so this is a, a good homework for me <laughs> because you know because i i like many scents. i like vanilla i like any but any Springy, anything springy, like 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 springy and and natural and um well from from what I know of you, I think that lilac and lavender, um, I I think those are perfect descriptions of of how you present yourself at this time in your life, and I love it when the lilacs start blooming because the the scent kind of wafts on the air, and it's a it's a signal that. Yes, spring is definitely here and mm. we're move and we're moving into into summer. And um I work with a lot of lavender because of its calming effects. We we all need a little bit of stress reduction, I guess, definitely. and calmness and deeper sleep. So <laughs> those are are both excellent choices. Before we wrap up here, do you have any words of advice or anything that you would like to say to our listeners? I never like giving advice. So, but because I also, in my profession, I don't give advice. I help people find what's right for them. But I would say, do what's right for you. There you go. Listen, listen to your emotions because your emotions will tell you if what you do or where you are is the right, right thing or the right place for you to be. Emotions are very revealing. And listen to your emotion and to your body. The same with pain. When we have experienced pain in our bodies, there's something it's trying to tell us. So if we pay attention to these things, then we can stand back, do it. And also become an observer. You know, Mm -hmm. as I Mm -hmm. said, okay, this happened today. I reacted this way. 
what was I thinking? Like, so it becoming an observer, then I can have a better perspective of what I need to do in my life, where I am and, and what, what I need to do next, I guess. Yes. Yes. Very well said. And I've so enjoyed talking with you and, and listening to not your advice, but your perspective <laughs> and your mindset <laughs> about, about your accomplishments and, and, and what aging means uh, to you and how you're living it out. I think it's just, you know, fabulous. So thank you so much. Well, you're welcome, Kathy. It was such a pleasure meeting you. And thank you so much for, you know, I feel fortunate that you, that you happened to watch my video and then contact me because this is what I want to do is, and now it's to my book, but to, you know, those kinds of things, interviews to inspire people. And so I feel more than fortunate. So thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you did, please join our community on Facebook. There, you will find reading suggestions, meaningful dialogue, and additional stories of women who are going big. The link is posted in the show notes. As Betty Friedan said, aging is not lost youth, but a new stage of opportunity. So let's do it together.